sit through the reading of God's Word. It's going to take about 15 minutes. Just going to give you that as a heads up. You can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can whatever posture you want to be in to experience the reading of God's Word. And I'm hoping after we've spent this time in God's Word in the book of Philippians that as you hear this, and maybe you know context more, that all of a sudden this will just become enlightened to you. So I'm going to start us off, and you're going to experience the reading of the book of Philippians. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, be with us now as we experience this reading of your word, and may you be glorified through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with overseers and deacons, Grace to you and priests from God, our Father and the Lord, Jesus Christ. Selah. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Selah. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak and would speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Salah. Yes, 
and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. Because of my coming to you again, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Selah. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Complete my joy by being in the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Jesus Christ— but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. After being found in the human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God God the Father. Selah. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, 
that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation amongst whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I do not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your death, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Selah. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Jesus Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Selah. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Selah.
Not that I have already attained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Selah. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Eudia and I entreat Synergy to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Selah. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through, through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. 
And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And Selah. Greet every, every, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You've just heard the entire book of Philippians. Specifically, from people of the church of Cedars. You had an elder representative those who are teachers. We had one from our children's department, our youth department, our young adults, those who serve here, also from our deaf ministry. Because, see, the book that was written to the church in Philippi was written to the entire church, to everyone, to the youngest, to those not so young. You see, we wanted you to have this book, to study it, to look through it, to find out what did God want to say to you, because I believe that God's Word is living and active. So I want to share with you or preach a sermon on the last three verses that we did not cover last week. I want to share some things with you and some insights as we wrap up our series. In verse 21, it says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. The first thing I want you to understand is that Paul was not alone. We know that Timothy was with him. We know that he's going to finish this book. He's going to hand it off to Epaphroditus, and off he's going to go. But Paul had around him those that were supporting him. The first thing I want to tell you is you're never meant to do this alone. You're never supposed to be by yourself in this process. And a lot of people feel very alone in their faith. That is why we offer Cedars Groups. It's why we offer Rooted. It's why we offer different things. You are to be in community. And Paul knew the significance of that. As a matter of fact, very rarely do we ever find Paul ever alone that he doesn't have a group of people that are supporting him. You need to be supported. And we want to be a church that does that with you and for you and encourages you in that. Because again, Paul needed to be supported, and he needed to be encouraged. The next is where we're going to park a little bit of our time, verse 22. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. This is pretty powerful. So you need to understand something. Paul has affected the household of the ruler of the world. Paul asked to go to Caesar to plead his case. It's taken him years to get here. It's believed that he's in Rome actually for many years before he would even get a chance to see the Caesar. Because remember, Caesar's a title like president. There's different Caesars. But Paul wants to go to the highest in the land and plead his case. But he's under house arrest, which means what's interesting is He's converting people as he sits in chains. We know from the beginning of the book that he's converting soldiers. We know that there are those that are coming to Christ. 
and listen, Caesar's own household. Caesar's own household is becoming followers of Jesus to the point that they're saying, we send you greetings. Listen, let me explain to you this way. This is Paul's inner circle. Remember, he's not in chains. He's not going out into the streets. He's not out preaching on the corner. He is having people who are coming to him. See, as I think as he sat and as he converted Roman soldiers and as he converted, people within Caesar's household go, can I, can I get some time with him? Let me tell you why this is important. This is the first step. What we know from history is this. Paul is there. He greets these people from Caesar's household. Yes, there were horrible, horrible Caesars, one of them being Nero. But eventually, there would become a Caesar by the name of Constantine, who, by the way, claimed Rome as a Christian nation. It started here. It started with Paul getting a foothold into the inner circle. Because remember, he can't leave, can't go anywhere, can't go out and do a public speaking. These are people that have heard and have come to him. They're in his inner circle. And he writes, all the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. You need to know that God has called you to reach those in your inner circle. And that one day you would write a letter and saying, hey, my friends in Christ at my office, my friends in Christ at my school, my friends in Christ in my neighborhood greet you because you've reached your inner circle. You see, we we get to see that Paul is not just sitting in chains doing nothing. He is asking that he would preach well to anyone would come into his presence and it's gotten all the way to the leadership of the known world. It's no small thing. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The grace. The grace. There's a lot of us who sit in shame and hurt. We sit in pain and we let sin from the past affect us. You can hear about grace. But would you experience the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? And would it be with your spirit? Would it be with your spirit that you would know that you're set free? This book this book that started off with Paul saying to them, look, God's using this 
this time from you being in jail for his glory. People are hearing about Jesus. And he goes on to say, yes, to live is Christ, but die is gain. It'd be great for me to go and see Jesus, but I'm going to stay here because you need me. And you need me to be there to encourage you and model for you. And yes, there is opposition against you, and people are coming against you, but one of the issues is there is a separation of your church. There's a division, and we believe it is connected to these two women. Get that taken care of. Come together in unity. Come together in joy. And yes, there are those who think it's all about the flesh, but it's not. God has transformed our lives, and he has circumcised our hearts, and he's made us come to know him. And you sent me one of your own, Epaphroditus, and yes, he almost died. And I'm going to send him back to you, but know that he was a fellow soldier and a warrior. And yes, church, you bless me with financials, but in doing so, I'm more encouraged by the blessing that's going to come back to you. And finally, the saints that are with me, especially those in Caesar's household, send you greetings. May we be a church who understands that, listen to me, that our Heavenly Father gave these words to Paul, who wrote them down, handed them off to Epaphroditus, who took them back to the church in Philippi, who in a room like this would have heard these words and then would have gone over them and over them till they understood who their friend, who, by the way, had started their church, had written them. And they protected these words. And they shared these words. And over the decades, God has protected these words till they finally got put into his word of God that we have today. And in 2019, in the city of Newark, we read these words to have them give us life and to have them give us hope. You, through the people of your church, have now read the book of Philippians. May his word become living and active and may it go into your soul and may it begin to affect you today. Selah. Father, let your word be living and active in us. Your word does not come back void. And it does get into the very heart of who we are. Thank you for our time in this book and the joy that was found inside of it. And may we find that in our own souls as well. In Jesus' name.